Would you open God's precious holy word to 2 Kings chapter 4? We'll start at verse 18. And this is the seventh of 17 miracles performed by Elisha, which in this part of the history of the Northern Kingdom, the spiritual life of the remnant of believers in the Northern Kingdom uh, more or less relate to the ministry of Elisha. The point being that even though the nation was immersed in idolatry, yet still God had a prophet there and that prophet had a ministry and that ministry was having an effect and so people were, those who were the people of God were in some way drawn to the power of God working among them, even in an evil time. So now we're still in the account of the Shunammite woman who had uh, miraculously received, had been given a son in a, in a time and in an age when she and her husband didn't expect to have any children. She was a well-to-do woman as we've seen, but she had no son. Elisha, though she didn't say, by the power of God in him, recognized that she obviously had a deep desire for a son and therefore gave to her the promise of Yahweh that she would have a son. Now, the story of that son continues here uh, in this uh, part of 2 Kings 4. And so let's consider the occasion and even the mystery of the miracle. The woman conceived as Yahweh had said and bore a son at this time a year later, which Elisha had spoken to her. So the word of God was alive in her life. She was a woman of faith. Elisha is seen, of course, as the man of God. His ministry is very powerful. Elijah and then Elisha in a time of spiritual darkness in the northern kingdom of Israel. The child grew up and it was one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. And he carried him and brought him to his mother and he sat on her knees until noon and he died. So this son of promise, this, this, uh, this miracle of faith was just more or less a child and a wonderful blessing, especially to the mother, but then seemingly without cause, without reason, he died. Now the woman reveals herself as a woman of faith and perhaps because of the powerful ministry of Elijah, Elijah and then Elisha 
and how God worked through them and gave his word to the people and then showed to the people how his word was fulfilled, especially back in Elijah's time that there would be no rain until he said so. And Elijah cried out against the sin of Ahab and Jezebel. Then he had this mighty victory on Carmel where he defeated the prophets of Baal. And, and then, of course, the rain came by the word of Elijah as he was empowered by Yahweh. So the people, and then, of course, with his victory on Carmel, you may remember how the people really uh, came over, you know, Elijah said, why, why are you halting between two opinions? If Yahweh is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. And with this great victory, of course, uh, there was something, a revival that, of, of a revival that went out through uh, the population of the northern kingdom to an extent. This continues then for the rest of Elijah's life. Surely, with all of those sons of the prophets who witnessed the translation of Elijah into heaven up in a whirlwind chariot of fire with the proclamation of Elisha and what had done, what had been done to replace Elijah with Elisha, these prophets, the dozens of them would have spread the news and talked about uh, what had happened and that would have strengthened the people with regard to what Elijah had preached with uh, considering Yahweh as their God. And so now this woman of faith, the Shunammites, her son is dead. But this is a son of grace. This is a son of, of a miracle. Naturally, the question in her mind would be, why would God toy with me like this? A deep, dark secret, her secret desire for a son, she never expressed, but Elisha knew that it was there. Of course, when he said, about this time next year, you'll have a son, she said, look, don't lie to me. You remember that? <laughs> don't lie to me. Be straight with me. And indeed, she had the child, as we saw. So this woman is a woman of great faith. She is a woman of means. She is a woman apparently who would have been respected in her way, in her day, in her place. A woman of reason, but a woman of faith. Why would Yahweh give me such a miracle of grace and then take it away? Well, God doesn't do that. The miracle of grace doesn't come into your life and then get taken away. That's not how the grace of God works, but it's a great lesson for this woman, even for Elisha. And of course, through this miracle for the people of God, the expectation of a miracle down to verse 21, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and she closed about him and left. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants, one of the donkeys, and I will run up to the man of God and return. He said, why are you going to him today? It's not the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it's well. Okay, so you may recall from our study in Numbers that this was a time when people would go and, and make a, 
an offering, a sacrifice, and to acknowledge Yahweh in their lives. And she says, no, but everything uh, is okay. You're going to find that this husband who, as we have seen in previous scripture, is apparently a good deal older than the Shunammite woman, is, is sort of detached uh, from spiritual life. It might be that he just didn't have the faith that his wife had, but this whole thing falls upon the shoulders and the faith of the mother. She saddled up the donkey and he, she said to her servant, drive and go forward. Don't keep back from riding because of me unless I tell you. In other words, we're in a hurry. Cut this thing loose. Let her, let her rip. Go. And she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. So this is where the headquarters of the prophet had become just like it had with Elijah after his victory over the prophets of Baal. She knew where to find him. So she found, finds the man of God there in Carmel. It was when the man of God saw her from afar that he said to Gehazi, Gehazi his servant, here is that Shunammitess. Now please run toward her and say to her, are you well? Is your husband well? Is the child well? And she said, we are well. That's strange. Her son was dead, right? She came to the, but she was talking to the servant, remember. Now let me tell you, as we study the rest of the life of Elisha, the miracles, the other miracles that will be performed, we will find that Gehazi was just not a good staff member. <laughs> he wasn't the best one in the world to have. In other words, he wasn't like Elisha was to Elijah. Gehazi was not a good, uh, not a good person. As a matter of fact, we'll see that as it develops, uh, that he's just not the right guy. I know what it's like to have a bad staff member. And they're hard to get rid of. Uh, sometimes you just have to put your foot down and say, you're out of here. I had a, I had a staff member once. He was doing exactly what I told him not to do. So I brought him into my, I was this early in my ministry, and I said, listen, I have, I have told you that we need to move in this kind of direction. This is how we need to set things up. This is how we need to do things. And he said, no, that's not the way I want to do it. I said, okay, that doesn't matter. Um, he said, no, I'm going to do it just like I want to. Well, the deal was he was a minister of music. <laughs> you know, who was it? Was it Criswell or R.G. Lee? One of those old-time preachers said that... Uh, Lucifer fell out of heaven and landed in the choir loft. Um, I can sort of understand that from the painful things I've faced through the years. And this guy, I had known him for a long time. And he thought it was his job to provoke emotion out of people. Emotion is not an enemy of man. It's a good thing. But you had to understand, we had, 
one or two, especially ladies, if the song was fast enough, and if it was out of an old, uh, you know, one of those old convention books, and it really was fast enough, if you did the chorus, and it's kind of like quartet, if you did the chorus enough times, somebody, you knew who they were. They would eventually start shaking a little bit, and then they'd carry on and, and, and start being emotional. And I said, I have no problem with that music, but to continue uh, to drone this thing on and on until you get the response that you want from sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so, I think that's a little manipulative. You're trying to manipulate the work of the Holy Spirit, and it's all coming from emotion. And so I don't want you to do it that way anymore. Just, I don't care, the song is fine. Just don't keep singing it over and over and over until finally these women fall apart. He said, he stood up and he said, I'm going to tell the choir exactly what you said. I said, I don't care. Do what you have to do. And then when you, when you do what you have to do, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And he told me, he said, you ain't mean enough to be a pastor. He was right. I, I don't like to be a mean pastor. Who wants to be a mean pastor? There are a lot of them, I'll tell you. Mean pastor. He did exactly what I asked him not to do. Now, this was a committee-run church, so I talked to the personnel committee. I talked to the deacon chairman. I said, I'm fixing to fire this guy. The response was this, what has taken you so long? (laughs) Well, that made me feel a little better, and... When the service was over, I called him into the office, had him a two-week check cut, and gave it to him. I said, consider your next two weeks vacation, and then we won't need you anymore. Oh, he got incensed. He said things. He called me names. He wagged his head. His face got red, and I just sat there and kind of took it, let him get it off his chest, because he was still fired. It didn't, but it didn't matter what he said. Wasn't going to change the results. And um, he, he said, I have never been fired before. I said, well, you can't say that no more, can you? <laughs> this guy wound up, uh, can I say this? Where he went? I, I didn't call his name. He wound up in prison. Listen, you can, you can despise authority enough to where if you despise the wrong authority, he's going to do something to you. He wound up in prison for several years. It was a felony. I guess he's out. He may be listening. I don't know. I kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. It's okay. He may have learned some tricks in prison. I don't know. Well, anyway, here's my point. You get one good chance, you know, to get a good guy to be your staff member. And if you mess it up, <laughs> you have to live with it for a while and until finally the Lord works it out for you. In this case, Gehazi is just a bad staff member. And 
Other people knew it. We're going to see this here too. Other people knew it, but it seems like everybody but Elisha knew it. So here goes the story. She came to the man of God to the mountain. She took hold of his feet. And Gehazi approached her to push her away. Now the man of God said, leave her alone. Her soul is bitter to her, and Yahweh has hidden that from me and did not tell me. She said, did I not ask for a son from my Lord? She called Elisha, my Lord. Did I not say, do not mislead me? Don't tease me. Don't lie to me. Don't break my heart. So now consider the story is really now focused on the faith of the woman. First of all, the means by which the miracle uh, was performed. And he said to Gehazi, gird your loins and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, don't greet him. If anyone greets you, don't answer him. And you shall place my staff on the lad's face. He was sending a non-profit to do a prophet's work. Apparently, I've read, I've read, apparently he's trying to train this guy the way Elijah had trained him. But the, 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 the problem is Gehazi is not Elisha in any, in any way. The lad's mother, the Shunammite woman, said, As Yahweh lives and by your life, I will not leave you. He rose and went after her. In other words, I'm not going to accept this. I came to see you. You are the one who proclaimed the miracle of my son's birth. And you are the man of God. I've made the prophet's room for you. You are the one that I fix a meal for every time you come by. You are the one to whom I have appealed. By your hand and by the word of Yahweh through you, these great things have happened. I don't want him. I want you. So apparently people were recognizing that Gehazi had his shortcomings. And that apparently Elisha was a little blind to that and depended too much on Gehazi. Gehazi went ahead of them. He placed the staff on the lad's face. And there was no sound nor any attention. And he returned toward him and told him saying, the lad has not awakened. <laughs> well, it reminds me in Atala, I had a funeral and in those days, you know, the, the minister would stand at the head of the casket while people filed by. And everyone but the family had been dismissed. You know how that goes. So I'm standing at the head of the casket of this elderly man who had deceased. And they start with the more distant relatives and then they get down to the children and the spouse, whatever, to come by the corpse. So early in the filing, after everybody left, but in the, in the filing of the family to come by the casket was a great-grandson about 
six or seven years old, and a grandson of the dead guy. The grandson had been, <laughs> he had been active throughout the time of visitation. You didn't know what he was going to do next. It's like what my daddy would say, he has ants in his pants. He just couldn't be still. So I'm standing there and here comes the grandson and his son, the great-grandson. And the great-grandson jumps over, hangs on to the side of the casket, grabs the corpse and shakes him. And you, know, you know, it's like this. It's, and the kid said, yep, he's dead, all right. Which makes you wonder how many dead people this kid had seen. Well, this is like Gehazi. Gehazi said, yep, he's dead, all right. I didn't send you there to confirm whether or not he was dead. I sent you there to raise the kid up. There was no spiritual power from Gehazi, obviously. People knew that. Apparently, Elisha didn't. The lad has not awakened. Elisha came into the house. Behold, the lad was dead. Laid out on his bed. Came and closed the door about both of them and he prayed to Yahweh. We have no record that uh, Gehazi had done any of that. That he had tried to be spiritual, that he approached Yahweh. Have no record, he just was carrying on the formalities. But the man of God, first thing he does is he closes everybody off and he prays to Yahweh. This was this child's a miracle of grace. And I know that you moved upon me to tell this woman that she would be given this child. How can it be that it would end like this? This is not right. This is not the way Yahweh carries on with his people. He went up and lay on the child. He placed his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on the eyes of his, uh, and his palms on his palms. And he prostrated himself upon him and the child's flesh became warm. Now, here's the marvelous thing about uh, the miracle. He returned and walked into the house once here and once there. Went up and prostrated himself upon him. The lad sneezed to seven times. Then the lad opened his eyes. He summoned Gehazi and said, call this Shunammitess. He called her, she came to him, and he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowed to the ground, and she picked up her son and departed. There were not words for the occasion. There was nothing really to say. She collapsed in acknowledgement of the power of Yahweh working through the ministry of Elisha in a time where otherwise there was nothing but spiritual darkness across the land. This is what her faith, her great faith led her to do. Depend upon Yahweh and call upon Yahweh 
through his minister, through his prophet, Elisha. Now here's the meaning of the miracle. Let's look at about seven or eight things here. The woman saw this whole thing as a test of her faith. She would not lose faith in Yahweh who can do anything, always. Then secondly, she moved without delay. The one thing in her heart was to respond by faith to the apparent tragedy that had befallen her home. And so without delay, she moved in her life to Yahweh. And to do that in the best way is to go to the man who had already performed a miracle in her life, the man of God. So she did not delay at all. Even though she was going to have to take an arduous journey and take a long journey by herself, that did not stop her from acting upon the faith that had swelled up in her heart. Now her husband, wasn't that guy a barrel of laughs? He was, wasn't he a great encourager? He, he, didn't, he didn't seem to care. Kid comes to him, he's sick nine to death. Go to your mama. Go tell your mama. She comes obviously distraught, asking for a donkey to be saddled. He doesn't ask, he doesn't enter into the thing at all. He's not encouraging to her at all, and yet she was not deterred by anything. Her eyes were on God. So she sought the one who gave her this son, the one who fulfilled his promise at the first. When at a time it didn't seem possible for her to have a child, God spoke through the man of God gave her a promise, and she would not turn loose of this promise. So clinging to the original promise, she, she refused to believe that God was not gracious. She refused to believe that God, by grace, would give her a gift of grace just to take it away. The joy that God had given to her and then suddenly take it away to cause her to crash in despair and grief. She didn't believe God was that way. It's like salvation. God's not going to give you the greatest thing in the world just to toy with you so he could take it away. That's not how grace works. She refused to believe that God was not gracious. She also refused to be discouraged by the lackluster so-called minister, Gehazi. Yep, he's still dead. 
What a guy. This is not what she came for. This, this less than ideal so-called servant of Yahweh is not the one to whom she came seeking help. That's why she said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere until you come with me. Gehazi, she knew, wasn't the answer. So she persisted in depending upon Elisha as the man of God. And in her persistence, because of the strength of her faith, she found reward. The grace of God is the grace of God. And this great miracle was performed by the hand of Elisha. And it strengthened further his ministry, this woman's faith. And this woman was a woman of influence. And so all who were somehow connected to her and for all who knew the mighty name of Elisha would have been strengthened even more in their faith in God in a day of otherwise spiritual darkness. We'll stop there and pick it up there next time. And right now we'll have our deacon prayer time.